Today is Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021. I've been working full-time, waking up before 7 every day, uploading the podcast, spending time with my fiance, keeping up with the NBA playoffs. Now I'm hitting the MTSU Rec Center every day I can to exercise. And honestly, I'm feeling great. Anyways, I had a sitcom-worthy day at work yesterday. Welcome to Derby Season 2. I work for Lyft. Yes, I just drive around. No, it's not a real job with benefits that is making good use of my Bachelor of Science in Journalism. Yes, I make plenty of money. How much money, you may wonder? Enough. Please, get off me. Yesterday, 6.30 in the morning, I'm going to pick somebody up. That's what you do when you work for Lyft. They message asking me where I am. I reply, well, I'm at your house. They don't come out. I call, I call, I call. I message back, I message back. It's been five minutes. I can go. I should go. But I check their destination. They're going to the airport. Do I really want to be the driver that leaves them stranded when they're trying to make it to the airport, make their flight on time? I give them an extra five minutes. I call them again. They still don't show up. Okay, fine. I'll leave. I mark them as a no-show, collect my cancellation fee. I dip. I leave. I'm out. Whatever. Five minutes later, I get another request. Oh, great. It's the exact same person. It's the exact same place. Fantastic. Why? Why would Lyft make me do that? So this person needs to get to the airport. And, you know, I could have waited, but I shouldn't have waited any longer. I mean, I did what I was supposed to do, but I leave. Why would Lyft put me in a situation where I have to see the person that I just canceled on? Why would they do that? I don't know. I guess I'm the only one out there. They got to go. Lyft needs the money. It is what it is. So I go back. I go right back to the same spot, but they're walking out as I get there. So this is nice. So I start apologizing as soon as I see them, even though like I didn't do anything wrong. It's their fault for not showing up the first time. I'm like, hey, guys, this is really awkward. I feel so bad for bailing because, you know, I know that you guys need to get to the airport and I'm sorry. And he says, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's uh, it's our fault. And I'm like, yeah, it, yeah kind of, <laughs> you know, trying to be a little funny, whatever, whatever. And he says, yeah, we just found out our um, our friend died in a bike accident. And I'm like. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. I, and he's like, yeah, it kind of set us back a bit. And I'm like, that's understandable. I can see why that would cause a bit of a holdup. Um, so airport, yeah, yeah, airport. <laughs> so every time I'm driving to the airport, every time I'm giving somebody a ride to the airport, I always play the exact same album. It's the Igor called Igor, an album by Tyler, the creator. It's one of my favorite albums ever, but it's exactly 40 minutes. And the ride from Murfreesboro to the Nashville International Airport is also 40 minutes. And at the very end of the album, um, there's a song called Are We Still Friends? And I always make this silly joke about how I've been in the car with somebody for 40 minutes and the song Are We Still, or like, Are we Still Friends is playing. And you know, it's just a nice little you know thing at the end. I don't know, whatever. But um, they just told me that their friend died. And the first real song on Igor is called Earthquake. And right as they settle into the car after sharing this tragic news with me, all you can hear is um is that song. Don't leave, it's my fault. And it just feels so wrong. <laughs> because somebody certainly did leave them. And it just, it hurts. And like, this... <laughs> I know it's not because of the song. I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's it, like, I'm, I'm very nervous about like, I, it. Just thinking about it again, it's giving me anxiety. They start, 
the girl starts sobbing in the backseat. It's a guy and a girl. The girl starts like sobbing. And I'm like very trying to casually change the song. And then I do. Eventually I do. And I'm like, maybe it's just a coincidence that she started crying once this guy started singing about somebody leaving. I'm sure that's a coincidence. So I put on like a different playlist because I know what you're thinking. Derek, why don't you just turn the music off? It's going to be a 40 minute ride. Okay. I'm not trying to be selfish, but I'm not going to sit in silence while these people suffer. It's too much. Like somebody has to be okay. Right. Can I be okay? I choose a different playlist. First song that plays, the song by Bruno Mars, it's called Perm. And somehow, it's worse <laughs> than, than the other song. Because I don't think after you find out that somebody close to you has been tragically killed, that you want to hear, um, <clears throat> It's my birthday! No, it's not! Like, that's not, that's not really the vibe you want to go for. So at this point, I can't change the song again because then it'll be obvious that I'm doing it for them. They're literally sobbing in the backseat and I don't want to cut the music off so it's just them crying in the car for 40 minutes in silence. I don't want to keep switching the song. Nothing is appropriate. I don't want to turn it up. I don't want to turn it down. So we just endure. That's how I started work yesterday. Incredible. Fantastic. Brilliant. Exceptional. Awesome. Lit. Dope. Fly. Their friend died. It's not, it's not good. I could have just called it a day. Like, the beautiful thing about my job is you can work as much as you want, but you can also quit whenever you want. Early on, that used to be a problem for me. But lately, I've just been working my arse off with, like, no, for, like, no good reason. Like, I'm just going extremely hard. In the next hour, I do get, like, a bit of a pick-me-up. So I pick up this Nigerian woman, but, I mean, pick her up in the car. Like, not like a pickup artist tries to, you know what I mean. I pick up a Nigerian woman who happens to be a nurse. And she's telling me this story about how this white family brought their three-year-old in because the kid wouldn't stop coughing. Turns out the three-year-old had COVID. Yikes. <laughs> she tests the parents. They have COVID too. Triple yikes. And to top it off, they're like COVID deniers, which is just crazy that we still like live in a time where like those human beings still exist. Like I thought it was a meme. I thought like people do like these skits and these sketches on the internet and you don't know what's real and what's not. But like I've met those people. And apparently this, this poor Nigerian woman, I don't mean poor as in like, she doesn't have any money. I mean poor as in, who, I don't know why I'm trying so hard not to hurt anyone's feelings. You, you get what I mean. This Nigerian woman has to deal with this, with this family full of COVID deniers. And it's like, bro, your baby is going to die. Like, why even go to the doctor if you're not going to believe them? But they demand a doctor because they claim like the Nigerian nurse is incompetent because like she gave them the results of the test that they needed whatever you know how it is like you've been at like a job where like you're dealing with somebody if you work in customer service and you like give them like some hard truth some hard pill to swallow and they're like well i want to speak to the manager and you know you know that your boss your manager your supervisor are going to tell them exactly what you just told them but you be a good little soldier and you get the supervisor anyways and i'm like so how did it all work out what happened and she's like yeah, I I don't know. She's like, I don't care. People like that want to make me go back to Nigeria. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These Americans, they suck, sister. I, I, I feel you. But I mean, I'm good here for, for the most part. I've been okay. And I don't know. It's just crazy how different that experience was than the previous one. Like it was, it was so sad. And then it just got so silly. And this is, again, the same day. This stuff happened like within an hour. And there's only one other thing that I want to talk about. It's kind of a short one, isn't it? I'll be back soon, whatever. 
the last adventure that I had yesterday, it's, um, it was just a lot. And I don't think I'm going to forget it for a long time. Still doing lifts, still at work. I get a ride request and I'm a few hundred feet away from the destination. And I get waved down by this dude. It's like this short white dude. He's standing in a driveway. He has these bags. And I'm like, he looks like he's ready for a ride. But I am like a couple hundred feet away. Maybe it's not him. The pictures, the icons or whatever are extremely small on my small phone in the Lyft app. So, and you know, people are always hailing rides for other people. The app's probably just like a little messed up. He's a little out of position. Who cares? It's not that big of a deal. And he's waving me down. I'm somebody that gives people rides and you're waving. So like, what do you expect me to do? So I pull into this person's driveway and I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, this is something I'm not thinking too hard about. Like, I, I, I don't know. So I pull into the driveway, dude opens my door and I'm like, Donovan? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He throws two bags into the backseat. I mean, like underhand tosses them into the backseat. So immediately I'm like, okay, he's in a rush or he's a different kind of cat, whatever. Like the way he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the way he throws the bags in, like I double checked the picture cause I'm already getting like a weird vibe. And like, all right, now that I can see this picture clearly, it is very clearly not the man that like hailed the lift. Like, but I try again because it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon that people order lifts for other people. So I say again, lift for Donovan, right? Sorry, just, just, you know, making sure. And he says, Steve, I'm Steve, but it's okay. I'm like, oh, well, this lift is for Donovan. And he says, yeah, okay. And I'm like, he's not indicating to me that like he ordered the lift. So I'm like, you did call for a lift, right? And he says, I need a ride. I'm like, hmm, that's not really the answer. <laughs> I'm looking for some, I'm, I'm trying to calm myself down here. I'm coming to terms with the fact that there may have been a mistake. <laughs> and like, like I, I turn into like Sherlock. <laughs> I'm realizing that he isn't realizing how awkward or like how uncomfortable I am at this point. Like, he doesn't realize the severity of um, how somebody might feel having a stranger in their car that's, like, not the person that they expect to be the stranger that's getting in their car, if that makes sense. Like, he's not skeptical. And I noticed that he's not holding a phone in his hand. Because usually, like, when you're asking somebody, you know, if they're the person you're expecting or blah, blah, blah. Like, the way I'm acting, you would think that he would want to double check also. But he's not. He's just like, I need a ride. So I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking to myself, what other way can I show him this is wrong without like agitating him? Because at this point I've asked like two or three times for him to confirm whether he should be in my car or not. So I'm like, okay, this is different. I'm like, can you confirm like where you're going? And this is when I start to panic a little bit because the way that he responds, not just what he says, but also the tone of it, how like he doesn't acknowledge the fact that I'm uncomfortable at all or like wonder why I'm asking so many questions. I'm like, so could you just confirm where you're going? I just wanna make sure I'm not taking you to the wrong spot. All he says is the office. And I'm like, at this point I'm like, okay, so that's not where we're headed. 
And he says, but I need a ride. At this point, I turn around. I look him right in the face. And I'm like, I'm going to need you to get out. He says, but why? And I'm like, this ride is for Donovan. You're not Donovan. So I'm going to need you to get My name is Steve! I turn around. So I'm facing directly ahead. I'm looking straight through the windshield. And I'm thinking... Please don't let me have to fight this man. It is so early in the morning. I don't deserve this. But there's this thing that people refer to as fight or flight. And I guess like I was like somewhere in between it. I take my keys and I take my wallet out of the console and I unplug my phone from the charger and I put everything in my pocket. I open the car door, I get out of the car door, keep the driver's side door open, and I look in, and I say, get out of the car. I put like my, <laughs> put some bass in my voice. I was like, get out of the car. Now, he looks like sad and confused. And I think like as long as I was sitting up front, he thought he could like reason or like holler his way into making this trip happen. But once I got out of the car, he like sobered up, so to speak. And he and he starts sounding like almost like a child. And at this point I realized like, oh, I'm dealing with like a different kind of person here. Like things are different upstairs. And he says, "Why? What did I do now?" And I repeat myself, "Get out." of the car because I want to be nice but I also want to be firm and I don't want to be confrontational like I don't want to fight but at this point like you're not my person I'm not here for you this is literally all wrong so like your feelings don't matter but I also don't want to like blow things up so he opens the door he throws his bags out again just underhand tosses them out of the vehicle into the street by the way not even into his driveway just into the street I get in the car He's saying something. I'm not listening. I drive literally a hundred feet down the road. I see a black dude standing outside. I roll down the window. Donovan? He's like, yeah, man, what's up? (sighs) He gets in the car. He's like, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm like, dude, you would not believe. He's like, actually, you know, I need to take a call. Do you mind? I'm like, no, man, yeah, go go ahead. So I have to keep the music down because he's on the phone. His trip is 20 minutes. He never gets off the phone. So I just sit there thinking about Steve, how he's going to get to the office. Who's supposed to take him? Why wasn't anyone waiting with him? Why isn't he, like, supervised? Is the office his job? Is there even an office? What was in the bag? Surely nothing fragile, like he didn't care. I don't know. I'll never know. But 
I'm sure now you'll wonder too. <sighs> Anyways, other than that, it was a good day. I'll see you in a couple of days. This episode was made possible by Anchor. If you're listening to this episode on Spotify, please consider giving me a follow so you can be notified when I upload. If this ever ends up on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate a five-star rating if you enjoyed it. Follow me on Twitter at Derapy Podcast or Instagram at Derapy underscore podcast. The intro music is by my brother, Damon Buxton. Outro music is by Lobo and cover art is by my friend, Nick Johnson. Thanks for listening. This has been Therapy.